This is what you are. You are wanting eyes. You are longing and lust all wrapped into one. You are passion. You are good morning, good afternoon, and good night. You are memories, daydreams that find their way to you in the form of light. You are open thigh and brush of tongue. You are desserts fed to you. You are help me take out my box braids. You are farts under comforters of giggles, of embarrassment. You are a bridge. You are long walks and comparisons of childhood. You are Ren and Stimpy over Rocco's modern life. You are nauseous and if it is what we think it is, I'll run to a pharmacy and hold your hand all the while. You are juice strips to the fridge after mind-blowing sex. You are rum and coke nights. You are tipsy in New Year's. You are panties and boxers in hallways, on hardwood floors, and nude in the twilight. You are human. You are fragile and breakable. You should be treated as such. You are small fingers and toes. You are I can't believe this is mine. You are womb and warrior. You are good enough. You are worthy of being held until sunrise. You are soul food and licking of lips. You are, you forgot a spot, let me get that for you. You are lunch dates and roses. You are dinner by candlelight. You are indie concerts and Nike swooshes on concrete tapping to 808s. You are front row center. You are your favorite place in the world. You are permanent ink. You are security and identity. You are knowing that there is something bigger and brighter waiting for you. You are foundation. You are surrender and vulnerability. His name was Langston. He sat with his legs crossed, smirking from the other side of my sectional. There was nothing new about the curve on his face. I'd seen it worn on several Morehouse men, pretty boy Kappa's brown skin with a Caesar, you're lucky I'm here entitled Negroes. Well, well, I guess I made it in. How long before your landlord gets here with your key? Soon, he said it was a few blocks away, he's at the bar, he'll be back soon. You want me gone already? I was headed to sleep. He looked at my burning candles, the open journal, and Pearl Cleach memoir on the table. It looks like you're about to get cozy. Is this what you do on a Saturday? He picked up my book and I snatched it from his hand and put it back into its place. This seemed to amuse him. His stupid smile was consistent. It was there when I closed my blinds in his face, when he saw me in the mornings on my way to work, and now here in the dim light of my sanctuary. I didn't want him there long enough to create memories. I didn't want to envision him while I was unpacking my groceries, watching Shondaland, or grading papers. It took a lot of time to clean someone's spirit from your abode. People leave their imprints and you're left to scrub them from your mind, hoping there'll be a day when a nook or cranny doesn't resurrect their influence. He got up and started walking towards my hallway. Where are you going? I'm going to the restroom, calm down. You're not even going to ask my permission? Girl, you really gotta chill. Our apartments have the same layout. I know where to go. Is this your office? No, it's just a room with a desk and bookshelves. I stood in front of the door, guarding my most precious items. He played limbo under my arm as a my pajama sleeve, brushed his head, and made his way into the room. Despite my refusal, I was embarrassed that I'd answered the door in my striped PJs. I must have looked like a child. I should have listened to my homegirl, May, on our weekly trips to TJ Maxx. She warned, no one's gonna wanna see you in that. I'd roll my eyes and reassure her that no one was looking. And here I was in my apartment's office, Langston running his fingers on the spine of my books and he was looking. What are you staring at? You, there's a lot more to you. I grabbed his arm and tried to pull him out of the room. He stood firm, laughing at my strength. 
I could have easily pulled him out of the room, but something softened me. It had been a while since I put my palm on the skin of someone I found attractive. Langston stood there, in fatigue pants and a white tee. It was the dead of winter, and he must have been a madman to show up without a coat, but his caramel skin poured from every direction the cotton would allow. He was flawless, except for a small scar below his left eye. I wanted to ask him where he got it, but I didn't want to fall into intricacies. If he shared something personal, I would have to too. The only scar that was visible was a slash across my arm from a spat during my one girl fling in college. I didn't know how hard women loved until I decided to date one. We argued over a text message conversation she'd been having with another woman, and when she tried to leave, I jumped out of the bed after her. My arm slid across a nicked corner of the headboard and cut. I didn't notice that I was bleeding until I made it three blocks, barefoot, yelling her name. If he asked me about my scar, I'd have to tell him about how I'd ask someone who cheated on me and hurt me to come back. What would he think of me then? Why did I care? Langston pulled another book from the shelf like deja vu. You're a huge Danny Cat fan, huh? Yo, what you know about Ed Weege? Only everything. My mother is Haitian. I've been trying to get her to read it, but uh, her Bible is her everything. Wow. And where's your father from? Hmm. He's from Dominican Republic. That's why I love Ed Weege's work. We talk about it a lot. I know. But why do you keep cutting me off? Afraid you might find- I'm not cutting you off. You did it again. You're afraid. He touched my arm and ran his finger across my scar like he could read my mind. Before I could protest, his phone rang. Yeah, I'm next door. I'll be out in two seconds. I walked him out of the office and to the door. He stopped and looked at me before I could close it. I could come back if uh, you want me to. Uh, good night, Langston. Goodbye, Bessie. My mama said she named me after good times. She said that years before she or I ever existed, women got free and then somehow we got chained up again. I never knew if there was any validity to her stories because when she told them she was high as a kite, I'd tell her about herself too. Mama, you're high. I could hear the crackle and pop of her pipe from her bedroom. I could even hear it when I drowned it out with a B2K album. I didn't know if it was the actual sound or my mind playing tricks on me when the music was blasting, but I was never wrong. She'd come into my room and snatch the allowance she'd just given me from my newest hiding space and beg for my forgiveness later. When she was sober, she'd sing, nobody knows when you're down and out and cook us dinner. She'd fry plantains and stray from her sultry singing for a second. Baby, what's your flavor? Bessie, bop or bop? I didn't know what she was talking about until I took a Harlem Renaissance course in college. I realized that I'd been named for Bessie Smith and that my mama quoted Langston Hughes often. I remember her saying, Yeah, I heard a Negro play down on Lenox Avenue the other night. We lived in Harlem, so I thought she was referring to one of the musicians that played near the subway. When I sat in my first day of class and the teacher performed the Weary Blues, I realized my mama was in love with an era. It was like she was stuck there. I came home for the holidays and went to visit her in Bellevue. She was in the psychiatric ward and the doctor said she wasn't getting any better. I walked into the pale blue room with peeling blue paint that I hated to frequent and sat next to her as she rocked in her chair. I put my report card in her lap. Mama got all A's this semester. She didn't say anything. I thought of the poems I heard in class and recited one. 
hoped I could trigger her memory. I was convinced that there was a time that she'd been immersed in the work that she'd been quoting. Let the rain kiss you. Let the rain beat upon your head with silver liquid drops. And for the first time in what seemed like years, she responded. Let the rain sing you a lullaby. I fell to my knees and put my hands on her legs, pushing her rocking chair back and looking up to into her eyes. Yo, what you know about that, mama? That's Langston, girl. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning about him in school. I think I want to be a writer and a teacher just like him. Just like your grandfather? Grandpa was a writer? Tell me about him. She stared off into space, much like the day she was high, and became solemn once more. I knew once that glazed look came across her eyes, she wouldn't speak anymore. I didn't know much about my mother's family. I was born to a crack addicted mother and my father couldn't find us. When he threatened to take me and she didn't stop using, she fled with me. He found us when I was 12, but it was too late. I spent 12 years trying to save my mama and I failed. Saturday, January 20th, 11 p.m. His name is Langston. Whoa, what kind of literary fine ass name is that? May is so extra. We were having our monthly dinner and I was telling her about the fool from next door. It's just weird, especially after the whole thing with my mama. That's a sign, girl. What, that my drug-addicting mother could tell that I would be knocked up with a polyamorous fool named Langston? Girl, you don't know that man's life. Give him a chance. A chance to do what? Break my heart? <laughs> or love you relentlessly. Valentine's Day is around the corner. Shut up, May. You know how much I hate that day. May grabbed both of my arms from across the table. You've really got to get over your sweet 16, Bessie. Okay, so May was referring to my first heartbreak. My best friend slept with my escort the night of my sweet 16. My birthday was on February 14th. I believe that's when my curse started, but I wasn't still hung up on this particular moment. I'm not even thinking about that. Yeah, but you hate your birthday. It's coming up. You're going to be 30. We've got to do something. We are not doing a damn thing. I'm going to get some work done and I'm going to sleep. <laughs> or going to see Langston. Uh, hey, don't say his name again. I don't need you calling up anything in my life. <laughs> what a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to see him again and that's that. <laughs> I see you all the time. What's your name? Not Saturday. 